Today's episode is sponsored by Journey, the travel company taking the hassle out of going away. I genuinely think this is such an exciting concept. So you start by filling in a free questionnaire, completing a list of questions to find out the vibe you want for your trip. Yeah, like on a scale of one to five, how much do you like outdoor activities, being in nature, visiting charming villages or going to museums or art galleries? So Journey can get a feel for your travel tastes. I mean, personally, museums are a hard no, but sign me up for a charming village. That is why you can also select from a list of activities which are a no-go for you, like scuba diving or wine tasting. Though I'm not sure why anyone would say no to wine tasting. Mm. Crucially, you can also set your budget and let them know of any phobias or medical conditions which need to be considered. Once they have all this information, the Journey team will curate your trip proposal, avoiding all the tourist traps, taking you on an adventure you probably wouldn't have chosen for yourself, but a great fit for you. From your proposal, you can decide whether to book your trip or not. It's that simple. And here's the best bit. You don't find out where you're going until you get to the airport. But how will I know what to pack? Oh, don't worry. You'll be given a packing list, but the reading list is down to you. So what I'm hearing is there's zero organisation needed from me and Journey will plan a trip tailored to my preferences. Seriously, how can I sign up for this? Just head to www.journeytrips.com. That's journey spelled J-O-U-R-N-E-E trips.com for more info. The link is also in the show notes. Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. Today we're going to dive into a new book called Death of a Bookseller by Alice Slater, which publishes on the 27th of April in the UK. And we're going to throw it in with a new true crime book by Anna Motts called A Love That Kills. of a bookseller Lauren um, I think it's fair to say that we both wanted to read it because the cover's green and pink <laughs> yeah and it's a fun title and yeah we... I also liked the quote on the front that said dark as Satan's basement <laughs> <laughs> that is a good tense addictive and sticky underfoot sticky underfoot yeah. what's that got to do with having a dark book that's just annoying like when you go to a club and your shoes get stuck to the carpet yeah, true. Or is it like, oh, it just won't quit. It's like constantly like there and on your mind or under your foot. We also have comic, but also pitch black dark. I have a question for you on this. Go on. I keep hearing recently people calling it pitch dark instead of pitch, pitch black. black. Yeah. For me, it's always pitch black. But You're apparently saying... people say pitch dark. No, that's wrong. Yeah, I think it's an American thing. Sorry yeah, to any Americans. Me. Um. Yeah, so there was that. Also, it's about books. Mm-hmm, a bookkeeper. Booksellers. 
Um, and in this, it is about a chain called Spines who, reading between the lines, is like Waterstones, I'm going to yeah. say. Well, did you read the about the author at the end? I did. She worked for, well, she is a bookseller and worked for Waterstones for about 20 years or something like that. Oh, I've just opened it and actually there's quotes on the inside pages which are all by booksellers. Oh, cute. Complete so, banger. That's from Blackwell's Manchester. Very cute. All right, love that. Um, it and... is a bit of a love letter to booksellers and the whole bookkeeping industry, isn't it? In yeah. a sense. Definitely more to booksellers than book buyers. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of talks about how like they'll be sent uh, proof copies to read as booksellers or they'll need to like order in books for you know people that come in yeah. and like there's one bookseller in the book who just orders in books that she wants to read and she basically like finds a way to cheat the system and read whatever book she wants yeah. without them having to go on the shop floor and it's also like the gripes of booksellers yes at christmas time when people are very demanding and um are not as supportive of independent bookshops yeah. which i thought was quite interesting and also about how like how make or break it can, like times can be for bookshops and yeah. you know, bookshops closing yeah. down um so that was all very interesting and yeah we were very much here for it and when we're on the topics of books before we get into the plot i wanted to read a quote which i think you would have felt personally victimized by i think there were many in this book that i was quite attacked by yes all please right. do go on okay this quote says I started feeling much less precious about books after that. Now, I fold the pages, bend the covers, stuff them in my handbag, cover them in greasy fingerprints, in coffee, in wine, in bath water. I lose them, lend them out, give them away. It's not that I mean to be careless, but the reverence I have for books only extends to the words on the page, the magic between the lines. I think that's why I'm such a good bookseller. I'm selling things, artefacts, objects, yes, but that's not all. I'm also selling magic. That made me feel tense and sticky underfoot. <laughs> pitch dark. Yeah, that hit my pitch dark so. <laughs> Um, I loved that line, though. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I do really love... I think it's a very romantic notion to like have scruffy books that you like just love so much that you mm. ruin them, but you can also love them so much that you keep them so pristine and read at awkward angles. I think both are deep acts of love yeah we just show our love differently jess yeah i like to abuse my books no i'm in abusive relationships with my books and well, i'm not i'm in really happy both consenting i think you're in a controlling relationship the book controls me is what it is <laughs> i can't fully open it because i'm like don't that, that yeah fine. you i honestly my hands ache looking at you read because you don't open the book she won't crack the spine so i think your hands must have talking such bullshit I really everyone listening hands. right now is like <laughs> we came here for the book chat i don't give a shit about how to just read her books you um, should it's lovely <laughs> anywho death of a bookseller should we get on to the actual plot? shall i drop the synopsis? do you want to drop oh, the synopsis? yeah let's let's done start that. that okay so roach this is a person's name <laughs> <laughs> thanks Bookseller, loner and true crime obsessive is not interested in making friends. She has all the company she needs in her serial killer books, murder podcasts and her pet snail bleep. That is until Laura joins the bookshop. 
Smelling of roses with her cute literary tote bags and beautiful poetry, she's everyone's new favourite bookseller. But beneath the shiny veneer, Roach senses a darkness within Laura, the same darkness Roach possesses. As Roach's curiosity blooms into morbid obsession, it becomes clear that she is prepared to infiltrate Laura's life at any cost. Mm. Do you know what I really liked? The little snail that slowly made its way across the pages. Loved it. It like... On every page, you can see this snail, and the further yes, into every the book, chapter page. Oh, was it? Yes, it's like oh, at the beginning, beginning of, of every chapter. chapter. Yeah. So it was like a check-in with how far of the book you've got left to go. Yeah, because the snail slowly makes its way further across the page at the start of each chapter. Loved that. Um, it's like reading a Kindle. Yeah, it was. It was like having that update on Kindle. Exactly. Um, I. So you felt victimised by that. I felt victimised by Roach's description of normies. Yeah. Because it's us. We are normies. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's essentially <laughs> girls like us. Girls who wear tote bags. I was a bit bags about the literary book... tote just then. Yeah, well, yeah, girls who wear tote bags. <laughs> I have of... a tote of totes behind you. <laughs> yeah, so do I, actually. Actually, I just gave a load of my totes to a charity shop. But again, people aren't here for this kind of content. Um... So main character Roach hates normies. I think she she, meant she uses the word normies about 500 times throughout the whole book. But it's almost quite ironic. Because she's actually fucking obsessed with normies. Yeah, she's, yeah. It's a, it's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. She definitely hates I think she just wants to jealous. be one. Yeah. She's jealous and lonely. Yeah, and now she's I really sound like lonely. A bitch. Like, you call me a normie, I'm going to call you jealous and lonely. <laughs> but that is the whole point of her character. Yeah. She's just not very... She's lonely. She wants friends, and she, but she's also got a very dark side, and she wants friends who are also obsessed with true crime and murder yeah. and serial killers. And, and that's quite a niche friend. It's niche. Yeah, especially yeah. to the level she takes it. Like, it's all she reads. She goes to live shows of true crime podcasters. Yeah. Um, which is fine. But, <laughs> like, it's, like, all she does. It's it's her whole personality. Um, Do you listen to much? I've never listened to a true crime podcast because I listen to them like when I'm on runs and I'm too scared that I'll get scared. Yeah, I do love a true crime podcast. And I coincidentally, I started reading a load of, listening to a load of true crime after this because a girl at work was like, what are you reading? Told her about Death of a Bookseller. And then I told her about the book we're about to come on to after this one. And she was like, oh, I've got some true crime records for you then. And I have listened to two series and what are they so the first one is um the shemima begum story um which is the yeah uh bethnal green girls who joined isis at the age of 16 and that is bloody brilliant it's just so interesting like the journalist has really like got into their lives interviews members of isis um just very interesting and i've also listened on audible to what's it called west cork which i know is quite old everyone was reading it uh, listening to it during lockdown but i think it was like paid for or something is now free on audible at least it is for me and (laughs) (laughs) it's brilliant it's about the woman the french lady in I think the 90s, 90s, early 2000s, was found murdered in West Cork. 
and they've never found her murderer but one person ian bailey was the reporter of the case and became obsessed with the case and then was convicted well well was arrested for her murder and was never convicted however he is has got a very unhealthy obsession with the case so he's interviewed throughout the whole series everyone in west cork thinks he's done it it's 20 years later and everyone still believes he's done it and he still hasn't left west cork and it's just fascinating and it's done it's produced so well it's a husband and wife who've been obsessed with the case for 20 years and it's won so many awards so definitely worth a listen look at you go roach Meanwhile, my my own right. dabbling into true crime is waiting for series three of Only Murders in the Building to come out. Classic the, normie. Yeah. Classic normie behaviour. Just watching cute comedy on Disney Plus. <laughs> Ch- Cozy crime is you in a nutshell. I just live for it. You do. Um. So back to the book. The main character Lucy, who is the normie, is She's very such... anti-true crime. Laura. Her name is Laura. Great. I've written Lucy in my Drake. notes. <laughs> Four fingers, yeah. that one. Uh, the main character, Laura, is very anti-true crime lit because her mother was killed by a serial killer. But she feels that giving serial killers um, a voice or like buying books about serial killers actually is very anti-feminist because by their nature, serial killers tend to be more men. Uh, serial crimes tend to be... Uh, done more by men and their victims are women so it's a genre in itself that profits from violence against against women which i found very interesting in relation to the next book that we read mm. <clears throat> should yeah. we go on to that now or should we do you want to go into do you know what go on let's just go back and forth between the two for this whole episode wild okay, okay. so, so the, next book... the next book is called a love that kills by anna motts who is a forensic psychologist who specialises, I guess, in female violence. And so mm-hmm. I, it's such a long synop with so many big words in it that I'll just recap it for you. Basically, it's um, different cases that she was involved with. So she would counsel these women. And so there's one in there that um, killed her child. There's a woman in there that killed her husband. There's like these women that have done really terrible crimes but she kind of peels back all the layers to see what actually has led them to do it and more often than not it's because they've had a really traumatic upbringing or something there there is Mm -hmm. a trauma there that has led them to be violent Mm -hmm. and it's like unpacking the whole industry is the wrong word but like industry yeah and how (laughs) i actually felt the first opening introduction was very jarring and i was like oh i really don't want to read this because uh, Anna Motz is essentially saying to the reader, we need to have empathy for women who commit violent crimes, even women who have killed their children, who have killed their husbands. We need to have empathy for them because, as you just said, their crimes stem from trauma in their childhoods. They've, they've, that's all they've ever known. So they're sort of replaying these traumas out. And that felt very jarring and I was like well I don't want to have empathy with these women or or any whether the man woman whatever I, d- I don't want to empathize with somebody who can do something that violent however 
I found each of the, so each chapter is a different case. Yeah. And she changes the names and all of the, um, you know, so you wouldn't recognise anybody. But she's got a point, you know. Yeah, I really did start to feel for them. Yeah. They've all got very tragic stories and experiences in their past, which you sort of come to understand that there was no way they wouldn't wouldn't have committed such violent acts because it's their way of it's their only way of knowing how to operate. And actually yeah. if they had more help then they would have been completely avoidable. Yeah, but and then so to the point where there's a part in the book where she was like, look, you know, like my upbringing wasn't even great, and like her mum like used to take her out without a coat in winter, and like would just like let her get lost for a few hours in New York City, and I was like, should we now be worried about what crime you're going to commit? Because like she was sort of selling, saying it in and amongst all these other women, mm. but there was one that I just thought this is not enough of a trauma to have led to your crimes. So she was a woman who. Oh, it's I always forget how to pronounce it, but it's like Munchausen's, Munchausen's, whatever it is. That that thing where you like make yourself ill or someone, your ch- child or someone around you ill yes, for medical yeah. attention. And when you peel back the layers of that, it was basically just that when she was younger, she called the ambulance and helped her mum, and she really loved the praise she got for being like such a clever girl and calling the ambulance. Yeah, but she was neglected by her mum and her dad. Yeah, but I was like, and I'm she sorry, sort of associates <laughs> love. <laughs> But then I think her mum used to do that mm. and would always be on the doc- calling up the doctors and stuff. So that was all she ever knew that that is how that is normal, yeah. and you're meant to meant to do that. And sort like in of that thing. one, her husband is yeah. like kind of concerned the whole time. But then like maybe my child is just ill and I just don't see it. Like yeah, weird. Which sort of turns a blind eye yeah. to it because he's got his own shit going on as well which you later find out once they're in couples therapy together yeah. and then it kind of makes sense how he was the personality that turns blind eye and she is the personality that becomes hyper vigilant and whatever it was really interesting yeah i wouldn't recommend listening to it on your way to a hindu to get hyped up <laughs> jokes i could have told you that before you'd but I had an audible credit to use and I was like, oh, and like loads of the books we've got aren't out yet, so they're not on Audible. So I thought I've got to go to yeah. this one. Um, so it was really, uh, so I read Death of a Bookseller and then A Love That Kills was immediately the next book I read. And I read them at the same time. Like I had oh one my the God. Go on so we both had a very visceral experience of true crime. True crime. We were, we were living a true crime documentary. We were Roach. We were. We mm. were so obsessed with we it. We were so classic. And so, yeah, when Laura, so Laura's poetry that she does in the book is trying to, like, humanise the women because quite often it would be like, oh, you know, Sandra from Sensationalising. And they'll just, like, give a few really basic facts about her, what she was wearing, where she'd the been. The victim of a crime. Of and that was serial it. killer, yeah. So she sort of dives more into what they were like and them as women rather mm-hmm. than what happened to them. Yeah, and there was one... So Laura, not Lucy, is obviously very scarred by what happened to her mother and her experience growing up and feels very um, awkward and uncomfortable when Roach tries to always talk about um, true crime and serial killers. And there's one bookshop that Laura visits and out of interest, because Laura's also a bookseller, 
looks for the true crime section and notices there isn't one. So says to the like lady at the till, she's like, I've noticed you didn't have one. What's the reason behind that? And I thought the reasoning was really yeah. interesting. She was like, well, you know, we're not trying to um, put a, what's the word? Garden wall? We're not trying to gatekeep. Gatekeep. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> we're not trying to gatekeep literature. So if somebody asked or requested for a piece of true crime or a book about a serial killer, we would order it in. But it's not a genre that we stock intentionally because it is a genre that so uh, unfairly um, benefits against female violence. Yeah, when there was a sort of this whole thing about like bookshops are political. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it where was, do you draw the line? Yeah. Um, it was good. Did you prefer following Laura's story or Rachel's story? Because we get two perspectives. Although, interestingly, the first thing I picked up on is that one is told in, like, present and one is told in the past tense. Did not notice that. Mm. Congratulations. Well nice. done. It was very jarring. I was like, wait, mistake? Because I think that's something I used to struggle with, like, at school. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I Yeah, I think I more enjoyed... Laura, just because I felt victimised by Roach, felt like she didn't like me, so I didn't like her. Mm, Yeah, good one. And also she is a bit unhinged. She just, like, I can't hide and seek without needing a week because I'm so scared of being found, so much adrenaline. Yeah, I know, she lives on the edge. She is doing so many naughty stalkery things and I like absolutely (laughs) no qualms. And I'm like, Roach! I would like to know... Anna Motz's opinion of Roach because yeah. Roach and Laura and Laura she's damaged too yeah and you know I want to see a psychological report of Roach to find out what happened in her childhood to lead her to become so obsessed with true crime and killing yeah. and to go on and do what she does in this book do you think Jess that there will be a sequel no you don't because I don't want there to be I don't think it's needed mm. I think you? there will be one do you mm-hmm. I, I agree I don't think it is necessarily needed I think there will be one and if there is one I will read it I mean I will obviously read it <laughs> <laughs> so that shit you booksellers you sell that book to me yeah yeah, yeah sign me up don't yeah. even want it sign me up <laughs> yeah I just I don't know I mean generally I found the ending rushed and yeah like it takes a while to sort of get to this like crescendo if you will mm-hmm. um, but I was there for like there for the ride and enjoying it and like feeling tense at moments and, yeah oh my god so that was all fine but yeah I just I don't like what would a sec I we can't really talk about it without spoiling the ending so mm. I'm let us know what you think it's out on the 27th of April so not long yeah not long um and it was it's definitely not cosy crime. At third person, no. it would be one of my like Finley Donovan's killing it kind of things. Yeah, but yeah. actually, I think it's just like it's quite dark, dark, but comical as well. Yeah, it's maybe slightly more how to kill your family because that's like mm. pretty dark. True. Yeah, we're just making up our own genres, like in a true crime subgenre. If we if we were a bookseller, if we were a bookseller, what genre? Where would you put this? <sighs> I don't think I'd put it in... I think I'd probably put it in um, contemporary fiction, yeah. Yeah, because I think with the word death in it, if you put it in with the thrillers... It's not a thriller. It really, like, 
genre is it as a thriller mm, yeah. funnily enough <laughs> yeah it's funny that but yeah if you put it in contemporary people would be like oh Dustin Boxella sitting over here what have yeah. you got to say yeah we'd make great we'd make great books <laughs> <laughs> is it a play on Death of a Salesman? That Love book. That. Yeah, Death of a Bookseller. That makes sense. See what you did there, Alice Slater. Yeah, so yeah, end of April. But if you want to dive into Animots, A Love That Kills, that's already out. That mm-hmm. came out in Feb, so it's still a new release. Um, Lauren read the physical, I listened to the audiobook. Oh, this is quite annoying, so you should probably read the physical. <laughs> <laughs> so much for listening if you enjoyed today's episode then like subscribe leave a rating and review it costs you nothing but it genuinely means the world to us and you could share our podcast with your reading friend too because they might enjoy it and if you don't already then follow us on instagram at the for funny enough more book recommendations see you next week we'll be here